Hello. Today we will listen to stories from Pro Revenge. The title of the first post is Destroy My Childhood, Ruin My Chance at College, and Laugh When I Said I Was Homeless. Lol cool, I'll ruin your fucking life. So, I posted almost a month ago about one experience with my mother and how I got petty revenge on her as a kid. I was initially going to post this story but I didn't want to seem like a super terrible person but after the response to the last post, I'll post the whole story which is still somewhat ongoing. So I apologize the backstory is a pretty long but it's necessary to understand why I did what I did. Thanks for your thoughts. For those that have been kindly pressuring me via private message, I made GoFundMe warning it's NSFW. I don't expect much but I'll be using anything I gain towards securing a place to live. As far as my art page, feel free to ask in the comments. TLDR My mother abuses me badly for most of my life as well as my younger siblings. I have to drop out of college and support myself after she drove me to homelessness. She proceeds to laugh at me about me being homeless and Dennis abuse. So I ruined her life by getting my younger siblings removed and her arrested, making her lose her job, reported her to the IRS, and essentially set her up so that the remainder of her life is full of disaster and hardships. Backstory, my mother was a really shitty person. I have four other siblings. One older sister, three way younger, three different dads. Before I was born I am a male by the way, my oldest sister was taken away from my mother when she was a few months old because she tried to stab slice the father of my sister while he was holding her. She lost custody and the dude left her. Older sister goes to live with her father's family in a different city. Q lil ol me coming into this sexy world. My dad went to jail 23 years after I was born for a while, I rarely saw him. He's an alcoholic if that matters. She was a single mother but she made it work and she worked hard. One of the bigger problems was that she took out all her aggression and hatred of my father on me as well as work stress and etc. She dealt with sexual abuse growing up which I'm sure definitely affected her relationships and how she treated me as well. Anyways, cue me being abused from the age of 45 to about 17. Every day was hell. She was extremely strict and her perspective was warped. She was also pretty big in stature and had a lot of strength. Examples of her being shitty, I've gotten beaten up badly once because her room was dirty. The dishes weren't washed and I got beaten soon as I got home, even if there weren't dishes when I left to school. If I walked too loud, it'd get my ass beat. She broke my nose for looking at her the wrong way on my 10th birthday when she brought me a cake I was allergic to it had peanuts, she knows I am slightly allergic but feigned ignorance. It was more or less every day or every other day. She used her fists elbows extension cord shangers chair skeins bats etc. Whatever she could find I was getting beaten with. I couldn't ever escape to my room for long because she would always call me every few minutes to get her things or to yell at me. She never drank or did drugs or anything. Whenever she was upset and I happened to be in front of her she'd kick me down the stairs to make me hurry up. She's put a knife to my neck before and had to be forcibly stopped by her BF of the time. Burned my Christmas presents from other people she didn't get me anything that year and just other really shitty things. The only thing I will say, she tried really hard to make up for it with video games and electronics and etc. It didn't make a difference to me though, it never helped, she controlled most aspects of my life. I got by with little petty revenges. Peeing in the Lipton iced tea she drank. Rubbing her forks and spoons between NY butt cheeks before I served her dinner. Ignoring her screams for help when she had kidney stones how tf am I supposed to help anyways. But by the time I got to high school I turned to alcohol. 
I resented her and the negative atmosphere affected who I was as a person. I started to be cold and uncaring. Calculated. She started kicking me out every few months telling me to find somewhere else to live by age 15. She sent me away to a different country for a year and tried to keep my passport but I made it back to the US with the help of the embassy and my stepfather she'd already left by that time and found some other dude. I came back senior year with no credits for the prior grade which ended with me getting a GED. I spent most of the time I could with my best friend and started working shitty jobs. I was terrible at saving as I had accumulated loads of shitty habits while growing up so it didn't make much difference. E. She eventually told me that if I went to college, I would always have a place to live until I finished. Q. My first two semesters at a two-year college, I maintained a 3.7-ish GPA. My teachers loved me and it was my escape. Towards the end of my second semester during finals, I came home late one night around 10 p.m. and my mother yanks the door open screaming in my face asking when I'll move out. I'm slightly drunk and decide to completely ignore her and walk to my room. If I opened my mouth, that day would be the day I blew up and cursed her out. I've rarely ever raised my voice at her because it never ended well. Now at this point I am 19 and I've been doing school full time with no savings. I am also fairly fit and could easily take my mom at this point never laid a hand on her or any woman, I hate violence. I get to my room, she rips my door open, and starts yelling. I say nothing and stare at her. She walks away and called the police on me saying she thought it'd murder her and my younger siblings. I don't know where the fuck she got that idea from as she's the one who's nearly killed me many times, I packed everything into a duffel bag and left 5 minutes afterwards. I failed all of my finals because I couldn't make it to my school. Things kinda spiraled and the next 23 years were me on and off homeless. I survived the best I could in a big city with no college degree and made a lot of shitty choices due to my shitty habits. Eventually I found a profitable hobby that gave me meaning and through that I started to work my way up. Got my own apartment, had a full-time job, and did my hobby on the side. I hadn't kept up contact with my mother at all but my younger sister who was old enough to have a phone found me on social media so I saw photos and such, she didn't have it anywhere near as bad but she did get beaten occasionally. My mother reached out via email all smiles asking how I've been. Now guys, I've always been envious of the relationship most PPL have with their mom so I gave her a chance and gave her a call. We talked for a few minutes and everything was civil and seemed like things would go okay but then, she asked me what I've been up to the last few years and I told her honestly, that I was homeless for a while and struggled a lot after what she did to me but I worked my way out of it. She literally laughs. She laughed for a few seconds in a very condescending kinda chuckle and then said, I never did a thing to you so you don't know what abuse is. It's your own damn fault you were homeless. So how about yo, but by that point I hung up. I was speechless and fuming. I don't know what abuse is. Okay bitch. I've spent too fucking long letting you destroy my sanity. Now is the time, there was a few things my mother didn't know. 1. I knew for a fact that current well-paying job she had was gotten on lies as she never got her college degree and lied about it on her resume. 2. I had access to all of her email accounts and cloud storage accounts since I was the one that set them up when I was younger and she never changes her passwords. Lastly, she definitely wasn't aware that from 13 years old and onto the last time she hit me I took photos of all my bruises marks wounds bloody noses saving them to my computer and then Google Drive. 
On top of that, my little sister had been sending me photos via social media of the bruises she got from my mom. The first thing I did was compile all of those photos videos into one folder. I then reached out to CPS in my city and explained that my siblings were being abused, how I was abused in the past, and that I had mountains of proof. Since I've called the cops on my mother before and the thing that happened with my older sister, there was immediately a home visit. They arrived almost a day later with the police and coincidentally my mother was literally in the process of beating my younger sister when they were knocking. Cue an emergency removal of all my siblings from the house and my mother getting arrested though she was released hours later. I was getting a day-to-day play-by-play because my mother's best friend is a blabbermouth and everything my mother said she told her son who relayed it to me without either of their knowledge. I sent CPS all the evidence and there's a legit case against my mother now. The next day I emailed and then called up her job to inform them that she had lied about having a very necessary college degree as well current events in her life which sparked a background check. She was fired days later. Say adios to 75k and a blacklist in the only industry you know how to work. I then spitefully deleted every cloud account and email address I ever made for her, which was all of them which I am sure will make keeping up with a lot bills and etc nearly impossible. IT. Hen anonymously reported her to the IRS because of the tax fraud she committed for years by claiming people's children that weren't hers with a lot of detailed information since I lived with her while she did it, so now, my mother lost all her kids and her job. I am meeting with a caseworker from CPS next week to talk more about what happens moving forward but I do know they're not going back. IDK how she's gonna pay her mortgage now and survive. I'm sure she's gonna get a call from the IRS who'll be looking for a few thousand dollars she owes them. She also has to go back to court in a few months, not exactly sure what she was charged with but ill update when I find out how everything turns out, side note, she isn't aware I am the cause of any of this. I plan on keeping tabs on her and waiting until it seems like she's close to death before I tell her it was all me and I peed in her Lipton, edit, shit, I wasn't expecting this much attention. I'll try to individually reply to everyone because I hate ignoring people but it's gonna take a while so here are just a few general things I felt I should add. Point 1. I am psychologically not in the position to take care of my younger siblings or take on a parental role. I came very close to suicide two years ago and I am just trying to work on my alcohol problem and other habits that keep me in a cycle of instability. No I haven't been to any programs or therapy, I don't think it will help me in regards to my nearly constant apathy and etc too. My two youngest siblings weren't really bothered much. It was mostly my little sister after I left who got beatings but luckily it wasn't anything near the level one had to deal with point three. I am also incapable of taking custody because I don't have an apartment anymore due to bad decisions I made while drinking recently. So I'm back to homeless but I crash with a friend once in a while. I am very well aware I am an influence on my younger siblings and I'm trying to stay consistent with doing everything I can to be a better and more stable person for them so that maybe I can finally build a real relationship with someone in my family. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone who keeps wishing me more success.4. Aside from my little siblings, I have zero contact with anyone else in my family. And even then, it's been very rare because I had to avoid my mother to see them and didn't want her knowing I kept in contact meeting my little sister after school, FaceTime, etc. The rest of my family were well aware of what she did and distanced themselves. I don't plan on reaching out to them as I am not good at maintaining relationships with mostly anyone anyways. Edit 2, my first gold ever.
I appreciate you taking the time to read my story and guild me, I'm sorry for making this even longer than it already is. I'm sorry to anyone I made feel sad after reading this, that wasn't my intention. To all the people who had to deal with something similar, I'm really sorry that happened to you. I wish I could help but I don't know how I can. To all the people who disagree with my actions, I'm sorry that I acted in a way you didn't like. I just wanted to share my story. Also for those concerned, my three siblings are currently being housed together and I made it very clear I will do anything to make sure they aren't separated but I know that anything can happen. I stay in constant contact and they are all doing well. Lastly, I have read the hundreds of comments for me to look into therapy and double A. As well as people hinting that I may be depressed. I don't really know what my next step is in regards to that. I don't like to think about my feelings too much but I do know I need to stop drinking. It doesn't help at all. Edit 3, I've been getting a very large amount of hateful and angry messages on Reddit and on my Instagram photography page from people who either think I am a terrible person or think I am over-exaggerating. It's not my job to convince you, I only came to tell you my story. Please stop, it doesn't help. For the wonderful people who've been offering me kind words and sharing their stories. I appreciate you. I am trying to reply to everyone who reached out, even if it takes a while. I am also in awe at how many people wanted to help in my situation. The next story of today's episode is named Uncle Bankrupts His Previous Employer, not sure if this is petty or pro or whatever. You be the judge my uncle is an Indian doctor. In the 90s there was a massive doctor shortage in Australia so the government gave him citizenship. Unfortunately you still had to sit three expensive exams to work as a doctor in Australia. These exams cost thousands of dollars, only happened twice a year, had limited sitting spots times and had arbitrary pass-fail marks. So many Indian doctors ended up becoming taxi drivers small boosie, Nesman etc. My uncle decided instead he would reapply and go through Australian medical school. Sure enough being a doctor for 10 plus years makes medical school easy and my uncle was top of his class, he decided since he was already pushing 40 plus had a family, he would apply to become a GP family physician instead of applying to be a surgeon like most of his teachers had suggested. At the time many desperate foreign doctors were applying for GP residency. They would essentially get treated like crap. They would be forced to work unpaid overtime. They would not be given proper study time or leave to sit mandatory exams. They would pocket the meals accommodation study leave allowances that you were supposed to be paid by the training college. They would roster you to work every Saturday Sunday shift and if you refused they would give you a bad review and your training would be jeopardized. This mostly happened to foreign doctors as most of them would be in bad debt and highly desperate for any sort of work. When my uncle graduated, he applied for GP training in a practice that is located within an Indian ethnic enclave so that he would have access to religious food schools etc. for the kids. Sure enough this practice engaged in all of the above fuckery. My uncle would work every single Saturday shift. During his dedicated study time he would have to come into work. He got reprimanded for not overcharging patients in line with their framework. Worst of all, when my aunt was really sick and hospitalized, they wouldn't give him any time off to look after her and the kids. The owner of the clinic was a white GP who was openly racist against Indians, Asians and Aboriginal people who were a large percentage of the clientele of this clinic. My uncle bided his three years and as soon as his documentation came through making him a GP, he quit that instant. He went down to the local bank and got a loan to open up his own practice. All his old patients quickly moved with him to the new practice. 
The first year he struggled but his practice quickly became known and word spread. Surprise, surprise foreign trained doctors actually work well and care about their patients if you actually care about them and give them appropriate wages living conditions. More patients and more doctors look to work with my uncle. Within two years my uncle had a GP practice that had four doctors, two nurses, two trainees and a manager. His practice easily rivaled his original teachers. He then started two more GP practices with the money he was pulling in. These practices trapped his old teacher's clinic in a two-kilometers triangle. He would advertise heavily and make sure he could take as much business from his old teacher as he could. Within five years his old teacher's practice went from hiring six doctors, four nurses and six trainees to just one doctor his old teacher and no one else. His old teacher tried to sell up his practice to other doctors but no one would purchase it given how successful my uncle's three surrounding practices were. He then tried to sell it to my uncle who refused to buy even at a ridiculously low sale price. Instead he waited for the bank to repossess his old teacher's clinic and then purchased it for a bit more money from the bank. My uncle then repurposed the building into his main offices from where he runs his other three practices. He made sure to redevelop his old boss's room into a staff toilets just as one final tribute to the human turd that was his old boss, edit 1, thanks for all the comments and the gold. I am happy my uncle has brought happiness justice plus lady boners to you all. He is such a generous guy in real life. I am sure he'd be really happy if he knew what Reddit even was. As for a follow-up. He didn't even expand any further apart from those three clinics. I am pretty sure the land value of the clinics is worth more than the doctor's business in them nowadays. Sorry if I didn't read your comment. There are so many discussions going on. For people asking if I had deleted it, I am not sure why or if it is deleted as I can still see it it was deleted or whatever. Thanks again everyone. See you all around. The next story of this episode is titled was bored at work, so got a guy fired and possibly sent to prison for fraud. I work the night shift as a receptionist at a hotel in Norway, and most nights are spent watching Netflix playing games. Last summer was really slow and I also worked a lot extra, so I ran out of stuff to watch and games to play. One night I got a mail from, Scooter. He wanted to book a room for almost 20 days. I just had to send him the price and confirmation that we had rooms available, and he would then send me his credit card info for me to pre-charge. Normally we just delete these kinds of mail, but I was bored out of my mind, so I responded with an of. Fair for around $2,000 for the entire stay. Also made sure to inform him that he could cancel for free up until the day of arrival. This is probably the most common fraud attempt in the hotel travel industry. Unlike most businesses, we are able to charge credit debit cards with only the card number and EXP date. No need for a PIN code, CVC or other auth methods. Our software also allow us deposit money directly to local and international bank accounts by using the card number. Because of this, shitheads like Scooter will try to prepay with stolen skim cards, but then cancel the booking and asking us to refund the amount to a different card. A couple of hours after sending him the offer, he responded with a visa number and told me to charge him as soon as possible. I checked the card with our validation software, and to my big surprise it did not belong to Scooter. If validation succeeds, it will return with the card owner's name 90% of the time I sent him a new mail stating that the card was declined because of insufficient funds. He quickly replied and gave me a new card to try. Guess what, this one didn't belong to Scooter either. Wasn't even the same person as the first card. 
By checking the bin codes, six first digits I found which banks had issued the cards. Not even issued in the same country. My plan was to just call the banks and inform them of the attempted scam, but there were still several hours before I could go home, so I decided to fuck with Scooter a bit more. Sent him a reply that the second card went through, and also the reference number for his stay at our hotel. As expected, a couple hours later Scooter sent a mail cancelling the order and asked if we could refund the money to a different card, as he had lost his wallet and deactivated the card he paid with. This card was issued from a Polish bank. Not sure why, but Polish bank accounts are often used by people who want to launder money from bitcoins and drugs. You can buy a legit card for around $500 that is registered to some Geigerl in Poland from Darknet. At this point, Scooter were probably pretty happy about the $2,000 he soon would receive. I replied that it was no problem for me to transfer the dollar dollar to a different card, as long as it was valid. How fun would it be to also cancel his own card, so that he had to spend $500 for a new one? Not. Fun. Enough. In the last mail I wrote that he could send me the card number, but that our email server would go down for maintenance in a few minutes, so my boss would do it on Monday. It was now Saturday morning, so enough time for the charged bank to call us and reverse the transfer if he needed the money right away, I told him to call the hotel before I ended my shift 7 o'clock. He called almost immediately, and I wrote down the card number and his phone number. Told him I transferred the money, and that it would be in his account by 12 o'clock. My shift ended, and I went home with all the info Scooter had provided. Wanted to see if I could find out who he was, and OFC this idiot had an open Facebook profile that I found using his phone number. He even listed his address and employer. Looked a bit like the artist Scooter, but with even more fucked up face and spiky hair full of gel. He lived somewhere outside of London, in an area I would describe as a British trailer park. Houses that were nice at some point, but where the owners had spent zero on maintenance since it was built. Thrash everywhere, and broken windows that were boarded up or fixed by sealing holes with garbage. Now to the fun part. According to his FB profile, Scooter worked at a hotel. This meant that he would have access to card information from guests that booked through sites like Booking.com. I called the manager of the hotel, and told him there were reason to believe that one of his employees were trying to commit credit card fraud, and that the card's numbers could belong to their guests. Gave him the name of the people who owned the cards Scooter tried to pay with, and to no surprise both had stayed at the hotel. Told him it was Scooter, and the manager just exploded in anger. Not 100% sure what he said because he was screaming so loud, but I think Scooter wasn't a normal employee. He worked there through some kind of government training program or something. After talking to the manager, I called both Visa and MasterCard International and told them about Scooter's little business venture. Apparently it's pretty easy to check if there are more cards that have been involved in fraud, where the cards also have been used at Hotel Scooter. With his Polish deposit account info, they would also be able to pin it on Scooter if he had been successful in scamming anyone, and sue him for the amount stolen. The police also call. Ed me later to get a statement regarding the whole situation, so I know that the manager reported it to the police. Not sure what happened to Scooter, but according to his Facebook profile, he no longer works at the hotel. Or anywhere else as far as I can see the next story of today's episode is named I got back at childhood bullies by destroying an entire town, pardon for my English as it isn't my first language. I was browsing Raskredit and came across a thread about whatever happened to the trenchcoat kid at your school. I was that trenchcoat kid and I came back in town and destroyed it years ago. 
As a background, I grew up in a conservative little town in a conversative rural area heavily dominated by religion. This makes people put great stock on moral purity and appearances. Keeping up the facade is the most important thing. Everyone must go to church weekly and people are heavily judged for appearing sinful. This was a bad thing for me as the cards were heavily stacked against me from birth. You see, I'm a rape baby. My mother lost her parents when she was young and was taken in by her uncle and aunt. The uncle had an important position in the local religious hierarchy. So when he and a couple of his friends started sexually abusing my mom, it was ignored by everyone. When she got pregnant, it was painted at showing that she's a harlot running around seducing married men. She was cast out. Why she didn't move out of town, I don't know, but yeah. There I became into the picture, born out of wedlock and with no father, branded as a sinful outcast. My childhood was shit. I don't go into details, but enough to say that by the time I started going to school, I was quite damaged. School made it worse. I was bullied relentlessly. Teachers were part of it, since they were all part of the religious community, which saw me as stained. Imagine being the only black kid in a town run by KKK and you get close to how it was. So yeah, in school I became that trenchcoat kid or its local cultural equivalent. I became weird and hostile on purpose to turn people off. People were casting me into the mold of being damaged and stained, so yeah, I took it and turned it into something to protect myself with. Despite all this opposition, I managed to graduate with decent grades. A distant aunt, my only decent relative, helped me get into a college in an actual city. She was the black sheep of the family and saw herself in me, maybe. Around this time my mother drank herself to death. Can't blame her for it. She had a life insurance policy that helped me study. City life liberated me. I went into therapy and managed to treat the wounds that town had sliced into me. I got rid of that shitty town, but I guess some part of it never left me. Years went by. I became a sort of, analytical consultant. I work for an international company that does sort of out-of-the-box analysis for other companies. I won't go into details to protect my identity, but we assist in solving all kinds of situations. Well, in my line of work, I'm sometimes called in to help downsizing operations. This sucks, I feel for the people who get fired, but if I wouldn't do it, someone else would. A couple of years ago I got an assignment to go into three different factories and assess them wholesale, then come with a suggestion on which of them to move abroad. My hometown was among those three factories. You see, the shitty town I grew up in was one of those, one smokestack towns, like we say in my country. There was one factory and some agriculture everyone worked in those jobs, like 60% of people in the factory. Rest of the economy rolled around supporting the factory and the people working there. Most of the people were looking forward at nothing but a job at the factory after getting out of school. The religious community running the town ran the factory as well. The big shots in the community tended to be bosses in the factory. This meant that the factory wasn't run that well, promotions were based on holiness, not on merit or skill. The trip back to the hometown was glorious. Most people didn't recognize me at first. The chubby outcast had become outwards just another corporate drone. I inspected all the paperwork, listened all their speeches and lies, audited the processes. In the process I dropped hints and finally they got who I was. The factory people threw a party for me then for the old time's sake. Many of my old school, buddies, were there. We remembered fake good times together. I threw shadow on every part by pulling up some certain event of bullying I had endured, just see the atmosphere turn awkward. 
Then I laughed at it like it was always a joke and I had grown out of it. Inside I was seething with hatred and enjoying this all. I really love. D seeing their faces, seeing what they had become, because fuck it, I was going to take it all away from them. In the end they seemed relieved, believing that they were lucky it was me doing the audit, that the hometown boy would protect them. After my visit lasting a couple of days was over I cruised around the town in my rented car, just to see how the people lived and to remember what it was like. My state of mind was something close to sexual arousal. I had never understood why people pursue positions of power, but yeah, now I understood. The rest is, as they say, history. I wrote a really scathing report, documenting every little flaw and mistake ever done in the town plant. I didn't need to lie or fabricate I simply took things that existed and polished them till they looked even worse than they were. The factory was shut down and in the following three years, the town died. No business venture ever came to replace it. Drug use and alcohol use spiked, as did crime and domestic violence. Lives fell apart, families fell apart. They still haven't recovered, save for a few brighter souls who moved away. I still stalk them on social media sometimes, enjoying how shitty their lives are, how they all finally got to pay for what they did to me and my mom. I don't feel a slight bit of remorse. If I could do it all again I would only I'd first make it so I could be present to watch when they received the news about the factory being shut down. Hell, in my fantasy version of the events, I'd stay in town for a year just to see everyone fall apart. In reality, I will only go there back once when my uncle finally dies, I'm going to go and piss on his grave. Our next story is titled Busybody Stay at Home Mom Neighbor Harasses Me Until My Restraining Order Kicks Her Out of Her House. Original comment I lived across the street from a very bored stay-at-home mom whose excess idle time turned her into an insufferable busybody, her husband backed out of the driveway and slammed into my roommate's car parked on the curb. He apologized, gave us his insurance info, and took care of it. He was never a problem, because he accepted responsibility for what he did. His wife, however, demanded that we never ever park any cars at the curb again, because we can't get out of our driveway otherwise. The street was very wide she was just completely unable to accept that the accident was her husband's fault, and figured we were somehow responsible for it, ergo we were responsible for preventing it in the future, we told her that we would avoid parking there whenever possible, but that we still had the legal right to park on the street, and that if necessary we would still do so, and that it was her and her husband's responsibility to avoid hitting other people's legally parked cars when backing out of the driveway. She wasn't happy with that answer, but just told us we better stay out of her family's way, and stormed off. One day, she came storming over, banging on the front door, cussing us out. We got her on our security camera saying, if you don't move that fucking car in the next 10 minutes, I am going to fucking total it with my truck. It'll be your fault, and you'll have to pay for the damage to my fucking vehicle. To this, I simply responded, I don't know whose car that is, but I didn't park it there. I have you on camera, so if you do anything to that car, I'll have to call the police and hand over this tape. She then threatened to sue me for invasion of privacy for recording her, and still insisted that we move the car, even though it wasn't our property. We just ignored her, and she did not do anything to the car we did keep the recording though. A few weeks later, I had a friend visit from out of town. He parked his car on the curb, and then started unloading some stuff from his trunk. She came storming out, screaming and cussing at him, I have told you repeatedly never park your fucking car on this curb. If you don't move it, I am going to fucking total it, and you can fucking pay for a new goddamn car, as well as the damage you do to mine. 
He tried to calm her down, and asked if there was somewhere else he could park, and she replied, You can park it in hell, because that's where you'll be after I fucking kill you. Unfortunately for her, he had his dashcam running the whole time, and it captured everything. He called the police, and she was arrested for threatening to commit vandalism and for threatening violence. A few days later, she left a long-winded hate letter in our mailbox. It was written as if it were an open letter from the entire neighborhood, and it basically said that nobody knows who you are, and everyone wishes you would move away, and nobody wants you living in our neighborhood, thing is. She forgot about the security cameras. I took the video of her opening my mailbox which included her taking all our letters out of the mailbox and rifling through them and I gave them to the post office. This led to her getting arrested for a second time that week. After that, we used her two arrests, our collection of security and dashcam footage, and her letter to get a restraining order against her that actually prohibited her from entering her own home, and then we called the police every time we saw her because she was in violation of the order. She ended up having to live in a hotel room, and her husband came over, apologized to us, and asked if we would drop the restraining order so his wife could come home. I told him I would do it, but only if she wrote me, my wife, our roommates, and the friend of mine she threatened a one-page apology for her harassment and that she would promise to never ever contact us again for any reason whatsoever moving forward. I received no apology, and the house went on the market a week later. Some fucking people, our next story is titled EK chops down my tree costs her $500,000-$700,000, it's been two years and I can finally post about this. This is juicy so get ready. Background information, we live in an old and big manor that has been split into three attached houses. The houses are about 150 years old and were built around five huge giant sequoias which were about 200 years old. In the UK giant sequoias are very rare and the two in our garden up the house price by about 60,000. We lived next to two really nice neighbors one young couple and one old couple. The story, unfortunately, our old neighbors passed away, so their child and her family moved in let's call her Joe. Joe was instantly a pain in the ass we had been sharing chickens with the previous neighbors and Joe agreed to keep sharing them however on her nights she would constantly forget to put them away so we would have to check them every night anyway. One night her little brats thought it would be funny to open our personal duck pen in the night which leads to a mass slaughter later the chickens went the same way. About two years ago there was a storm and one of her sequoias somehow fell over and died they were distraught understandably but from then on, the jealousy started. She would constantly complain about how lucky we were to have two sequoias in our garden and how our sequoia was making too much shade in their garden it wasn't anyway we just thought it was Joe being a pain. There were a few dry threats like they will chop it down or maybe the next storm will blow it down, until we came back from a holiday to France to find a huge 6 meter stump and nothing else. I mean how the fuck do you get rid of a 100 feet tree in like 2 weeks? Two of our old British oak trees had been crushed as well. My mum and sisters were crying my dad were red in the face and we had no evidence Joe had done it. She claimed that there had been a storm and she had to get rid of it. We had a security camera at the front of the house, but you can get in the back if you go through a few fields. We then were given an 8,000 bill for damages to her property and to have the tree chopped up and removed the wood alone would have been worth a small fortune. We had lost all hope and two weeks had passed when my dad came running in from the garden. We had put up a wildlife camera a few months ago and had caught everything, we got a lawyer on the phone and started our revenge. 
we got a tree surgeon out who said it was an original specimen brought into the UK in 1860 along with the two that were in Elveston Castle Country Park there were 218 around the UK but only 60 now. He also told us to call out an engineer because the roots might be in the foundation so when they rot it could damage the house, turns out we would need to redo the foundations, then we took Joe to court and sued them for damage to property, trespassing and lots of other smaller claims. The tree would cost 250k to have another sequoia that was 200 years put in and looked after it's basically impossible plus the damage to the foundation which was 200k and the two oaks which were another 25k. So with the smaller claims, it went to about $500,000-$700,000, they had to move out, and we have now paid off the mortgage done a lovely loft and kitchen conversion and have basically done up the house and garden as well as plant a 60-year-old sequoia tree in the back garden. We also had our kitchen counter and table made from the old sequoia. We now have a new lovely family living next to us who we share chickens, ducks and pygmy goats with their very nice and I make a fortune babysitting their kids sorry for the SATLDR, new neighbors chop down original sequoia specimen that 200 year old and is of the same tree as all to ones in. Every signal place of note in the UK ends up costing them $500,000-$700,000 I'm working on the spag but I'm dyslexic please tell me where the errors are, edit, many of you wanted to hear about the court case but she didn't stand a chance and as soon as we revealed the footage to her and her lawyer she gave up. The people who cut the tree down gave us the countertops for free as a sorry they were truly sorry the neighbors had a second home so they just sold the house and moved back to their smaller one, we feel bad for the old neighbors but we do visit their graves because they were like family, I can't show the footage of the wildlife cam sorry, but I can show footage we got of hedgehogs link didn't know where to put it so I put it on rawww also there was a storm but the sequoia was unharmed that's what the video showed, thank you so much for the silver holy shit a gold thanks wtf another one thanks so much bruh fucking plat thank you so much and another oh my god you guys are amazing and a gold you guys are great at this rate I want need to pay for reddit premium thanks, and a goat award thanks. Also what does it mean? That was today's episode of reddit guy. Hope you enjoyed it.